Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. And what a weekend it was in the NBA. So here's a plan, all right? Over the next 60 minutes, we're going to highlight all eight first-round matchups. So if you're a fan of any of the 16 teams in the playoffs, this is the show for you. So there are three series tied at two games apiece, and all of them, right, they're in the Western Conference. The Jazz versus the Mavs, the Grizzlies versus the Timberwolves, and surprisingly, well, surprisingly to everyone who isn't Kendrick Perkins, the Suns, and the Pelicans. So that brings us to the all-important Game 5. Because remember, the team that wins Game 5 in a best-of-seven series that's tied at two advances 82% of the time. So the Jazz versus the Mavs. That's one of three games on the schedule tonight. The other Game 5 is the Raptors 76ers. And what are you doing, Perk? What you mean? I'm, I'm cleaning up this mess. You know somebody getting swept. Matter of fact, that's not good enough. We got to get the push broom to clean oh, up this Oh, you need the big mess. guns. Yeah, to clean up Ben Simmons, KD, Kyrie, Steve Nash. They getting swept tonight. All right, Dude. well, I'm going to try not to trip. You you carry on. Uh, <laughs> That's right, though. The Celtics Nets game for Brooklyn head coach Steve Nash spoke to reporters earlier today on Ben Simmons remaining out of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really expecting him to play. You know, I was, you know, like we've said all along, where he's trying to improve, he's working through it. Uh, reports that he was playing was from the outside, where that came from. You know, so we kind of stick stick to what we've always said. He's still building himself up, still working through things, still trying to get strong enough and put himself in a position to play. Yeah, I'd be very careful that disappointed doesn't get taken out of context. I, I'm, of course, we're all disappointed. We'd love to see Ben on the floor with our teammates, but I don't want it to be taken. I'm disappointed in Ben or anything like that. No, back is his back. We got to work through this, and he's got to continue to fight as all guys do when they're returning to play and but yeah of course we'd love to see Ben with our guys so for more on Ben Simmons we are joined now by senior insider Adrian Wojnarowski and Adrian you've been at the forefront of all of this reporting around Simmons from way back in the offseason so what is the reaction within the organization to his absence well Malika certainly disappointment you know they were hoping you know that Ben Simmons could get on the floor in game Game four tonight against Boston, uh, they had discussed it with him, and there was a ramp-up that had gone on toward it. Uh, he had about 10 pain-free days prior to coming into the facility on Sunday. But, listen, the Nets know that this is a work in progress with Ben Simmons, and, you know, there's more than just, you know, certainly he, he talked of back soreness on Sunday, and, you know, there were... Uh, other issues throughout the whole season in Philadelphia. Uh, at the very least, listen, they would have loved to have him in uniform uh, on the bench tonight against the Celtics and given Steve Nash the opportunity uh, to perhaps use him, see how he could help. Uh, but ultimately, listen, they have Ben Simmons under contract for another three seasons, and they very much want him to be a big part of this organization's future. And I think they're going to continue to try to work with Ben Simmons, with his agent, Rich Paul, 
to figure out how to get there. Obviously, this season at 3-0, you know, Ben Simmons was not going to rescue this Nets team. Uh, but at the least, they hope they could get him on the floor. We'll see what will happen if they somehow extend the series beyond Game 4 tonight. But I think the Nets, Ben Simmons, are, are, are going to start taking the long view here and look at what an offseason together might look like. And the long view includes no Ben Simmons tonight in Game 4. Adrian Wojnarowski, thanks so much for the time here on NBA Today. So I want to bring in Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson, and the sweeper himself, Kendrick Perkins. So combined, the three of you gentlemen, you have 53 years of playing in the NBA. So it's fair to say not only have you been around the block, you've been around the block a couple of times. Perk, what's your reaction to the back-and-forth emphasis on back with Simmons' status this postseason? You, you know what? It's disturbing. But for the simple fact that it's so many question marks whether Ben Simmons loved the game of basketball. And it's almost to the point where Ben Simmons is almost like, you know, that pretty woman and you wonder why she's single. And she's single because everybody has found <laughs> out that she loves cigarettes, okay? Newport shorts. <laughs> and that's, ben, hey. that's who Ben Simmons is. The single woman that can't get a man because he smokes cigarettes. Or she smokes cigarettes, yeah. And see here, let me take it a step further. Ben Simmons is messing up for the younger generation. And it's not just Ben Simmons. It's everybody that plays a part in this right now that are sitting out games mm -hmm. and getting paid a lot of money. Look, guys before Ben Simmons paved the way for him to get top dollars and make 200, get $200 million contracts. It's on him to make sure that he fulfill those obligations and be available and, and make sure that he plays so that he don't mess it up for the younger generation. Why they can't get paid top dollar? Because when they go to the CBA, the owner's going to be waiting at the front door. Richard? <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, we good can't thing. hear him. We, Thank we God. Yes, we yeah, can't hear him. Done. Yeah, so, hear so we're going to let him keep talking without his mic on. Yeah, this is exactly yeah. how I like yes, the show. Yeah. Vince, go ahead. Uh, Y'all muted him. Uh, well, here's my thing. They're not protecting each other. You know, first, the organization, you know, if you want to protect them. I think we lost Vince, too. Hey, Perk, you it's you and me. It's all good. Oh, wait, did I hear Vince? Did I no. hear Vince from the ether? No. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. You better make it good. Oh, I was about to say. No, I, but I'm saying they, they haven't, they're not protecting each other. You know, you protect Ben Simmons by doing this. You know, if you're going to work out and have him coming on the floor, have him come, come on the floor before the, the people get into the arena. You know, I used to work out early in, on the arena when nobody was in there and the dancers were in there. Let him go in there and shoot and work out there so you're not always constantly under the microscope and evaluating him on he how is. he looks. But he's working out in, in the practice facility. He can go into the arena wherever the he wants. Are there. He's still out in game, but he's still out Correct. in game four. Like, that doesn't, I, right. I don't understand. It, and that's my point. But it, if we handle this way back where, let it be a surprise. Stop, we stop talking about it. But do you start hearing the, risk, the whispers and the rumors. You start seeing them on the court. So yeah. you, when you hear these whispers, you hear these rumors, you start to tie these two together to be disappointed. I think they just, they're not looking out for each other. Well, you know, I'm sure we haven't even heard from Ben Simmons. Yes, we, we have. We haven't heard from twice. Ben Simmons as well. We've we heard from we, him twice. But yeah, but. No, but, like, what but, are you going to say? 
I'm not playing because I'm really hurt. Yeah, but but Vince, if that if that's the case, then how about sit in the back and don't even sit on the bench? Why come out making fashion statements <laughs> to make sure that the camera is on you? And look, here's the thing about Vince. But it's Sim the basketball side too. No, we looking no, at no, as well. I, I understand, but Vince, we're talking about a max player, man. And I keep explaining this to the world. This is what you sign up for. Like when you sign on the dotted line and you get drafted into the NBA and you sign a max contract, you sign up for the media. The media is part of it, good or bad, no matter how you want to take it, you have to address it. Mm. And the fact of the matter is, is this, we don't know really what's going on with Ben Simmons. Hell, from listening to Steve Nash, I don't think he knows what's going on with Ben Simmons at this moment. <laughs> well, here's Nobody the curious does. thing, Vince, is that Woj reported, right, that for 10 straight days, he experienced no back pain. He was ramping up, experiencing no pain, and then on Sunday, he comes in and reports that pain. And the question becomes, we see guys over and over again, right, even when it's sort of like, like Zach Levine, for instance, I was speaking to him over the weekend, and I asked him about his knee, and he said, you know, it's not doing great, but at this point, everyone's got something. We can't complain about it. You just got to go out there, and you have to be there, and you have to play. So I think that's the point that Perk is trying to make here, is at what point, when your team's in a 3-0 hole, how far are you, Joel Embiid, which we'll get to later in the show, playing through ligament pain, do you want to be out there, or do you not want to be out there? And if there's any, we saw James Harden go out there on one hamstring last year. It wasn't great. It wasn't pretty, but there was no question about whether or not he wanted to be out there for his team. And remember, in NBA history, no team has ever come back from being down 3-0, but it all starts with one win, right? So does Brooklyn start their path right. to being first, or is the series over tonight, Vince? Dangled, the, the organization has dangled him in front of us for so is long. Is it over like, tonight or not? Back? We see him past it. We're showing vision. Yeah, it's over. It's no, <laughs> okay. I, 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 okay. I don't think it's over. No, 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 no. I don't think it's over oh, tonight. Okay. I think KG... Is, I, I think they, they, it's going to be a gentleman's week. I think KG is going to give us one special performance. He has to. He needs to. He can. And it's not about can KD do it. And then if he needs to lead the pack, he needs to have that 55-point game. Remember the last time I was in studio, I said I spoke to KD, and his response was a 55-point game. We need that 45-plus KD being aggressive from the start of the game. And then everything else flows in there. If he doesn't do that, guess what? That broom that uh, Perk was using, uh, they're going to need it. Yeah, but Vince, it's it's over with. We've been, we've been talking about Kevin Durant bouncing back since game one. And look, you can tell in yeah. his body language, Kevin Durant at this moment is defeated. I'm not going to even use the word punk. He's defeated, he's frustrated, and in, in his defense, he has the right to be frustrated because think about what he had to deal with since he got to Brooklyn. And there's no disrespect to, yeah. Ky to Kyrie and his beliefs for the, uh, the vaccination. Okay, KD stuck it out through then. Now, all of a sudden, you get to this moment where you know you need Kyrie at his best and he's going through his thing with his religion. Mm -hmm. I'm not knocking that. And now he's fasting. And there's no excuse for Kevin Durant. He still has to come out and perform. But at the end of the day, you got to feel his frustration at this moment because from, from the point that he stepped foot in the Brooklyn Nets organization, he has shown us that he's 100% all in. We can't say the rest about the others. We're going to have much more on this series coming up later in the show with a live report from Nick Friedel, who is in Brooklyn. But I do want to turn the page. The winner of the Nets and Celtics series, they're going to play the winner of the Bulls and the Bucks series. And that's starting to look a lot like it is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks.
So Giannis was dominant again yesterday as he recorded another 30.10 rebound, five assists game. That puts him in the same category as LeBron and Larry Bird in terms of racking up postseason performances like that. But Grayson Allen, did y'all see this? He was also cooking. He became the first Bucks player yes, with at was. least five three-pointers in consecutive playoff games. And that's not even to mention by focal Bobby. So Milwaukee looks dangerous right now. These last two games have sort of reasserted their dominance mm -hmm. over the Bulls at a time when some thought that maybe they would struggle without Chris Middleton, right? But have they done anything but that? No, they have just been dominant the entire time. So my question to you, Perk, is is this Bucks team better than last year's team? that won it all yes they are and the reason that they're better than last year team is because Giannis is better than he was last year mm. right Giannis is the best player in the NBA let's be clear about that right now his mentality the way he stepped up his game elevated his game the way that he improved on his weaknesses now he's taking that jump shot and those steps back with authority he has he, look we he, we know that he's already the most dominant player the way that he's attack he's attacking downhill but now he's making guys around him better and it's it's just when I look at this man and I'm looking at the spanking that he's giving the Bulls on their home court I'm like look this dude right here has stamped and proven to us that he's the best player in the league which makes them a better team which makes this team better than last year. Real quick, Vince. So, Perk, tell me this. Without Chris Middleton, they, they are as good as last year moving forward. Not this, not this series. You're right. He is, he is dominant. He can win this series without Chris Middleton. Perk says Let's yes. Let's talk about moving forward, though. Yeah, yes, because Giannis is that good. Giannis is reminding me of LeBron James when he was in Cleveland running the table with the Cavaliers. And it don't matter who went down, Giannis, LeBron was step elevating his game. That's what Giannis is doing right now. One thing I've learned personally is to never doubt Giannis Antetokounmpo, Vince. I'm sorry. We don't, I, we don't doubt him. No. Absolutely. We don't doubt him. I'm just saying Chris Middleton makes the game a lot easier and opens up the floor for him. So when you're playing better defensive teams, i.e. Uh, like a, a Boston Celtics, like a Miami Heat, who do a great job of rotating and putting bodies on them, you need a guy to, to for some separation. You need the guy to open the floor up for him. So now double teams are second late. For, you know it. You know, one-on-one, -on -one, you can't guard a lot of guys one-on-one. -on -one, but when you're when you, there's guys that you can pick that say, hey, we're off of this guy because he's not out there. But when you put Chris Middleton in that slot position when you're posting up Giannis or ISOing Giannis, it makes a huge difference and it opens things up for everyone else. That's all I'm saying. I tend to agree with Perk. Just when I'm looking at their bench depth, when I'm looking at what those guys learned in the postseason last year, the Pat Connaughton's of the world, what Grayson Allen, who's an addition, is able to give them. Sergi Baca is now on this team. He's able to be battle-tested. They've gone through the fact that they won without Giannis. So if they can win without Giannis, they can certainly win without Chris. That's not to say that Chris isn't an integral part of this team. He absolutely is. All you have to do is look at that Phoenix series when he took over one of the games. Uh, Drew Holiday had his game, and then Giannis obviously had his signature game six. But we'll see. Game five is back in Milwaukee on Wednesday night, and Giannis told me to pull that out. It all hangs on the Bucks defense. But coming up on NBA Today, don't look now. The Suns are in trouble versus the Pels with the series tied at two, our panel on whether an upset might be coming. And speaking of upsets, the Nuggets staved off the Warriors yesterday. Did they have a shot to come back and do the unthinkable? Plus, it's the elephant in the room. We'll ask Nick Friedel whether the Nets organization is less than thrilled about the Ben Simmons situation. Keep it locked on NBA Today. Now let's talk about the play of the week.
the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is presented by PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference. It's McCollum. And in here with a spinner over Johnson. Got it again. They're not your typical eight seed. With Devin Booker being out, Brandon Ingram is the best player in this series. Best player in the series? You're Chris Paul, not the best player in the series? No, I got the Pelicans upsetting the Suns. Oh, okay. Oh, we're not going to go that. We're not going to go Star Devin Booker. He's going to be out two to three weeks. The series is tied 1-1. I said it yesterday. I picked the Pelicans to win this series, so with that being said, that means the Suns can't reach the finals. So Friday, Zach Lowe and I tried to convince Big Perk to come off his bold Pelicans winning the entire series take, and Perk held strong. He kicked his feet up. He said, nah, I'm good. And Big Perk, dare I say, you're looking like you very well may be right there. 118-103 was the score of yesterday's game four from the Smoothie King Center. And just like that, we're looking at a best of three with the momentum pretty clearly towards New Orleans right now as the series is now squared up at two piece. So I want to bring everybody into this conversation. Monty Williams was saying that perhaps they're relying too heavily on Chris Paul. So let's check your audio, RJ. What do you think? Mic check. Can you guys hear it? Mic check. Mic check. Mic check. No, I, I think they, they are probably going to rely. They are. They need to rely heavily on him. He is, he is now their best player in the series, and he's Chris Paul. He's a guy that makes their offense run. But you do need more. You need those campaign games that we saw last year. We need Cam Johnson to show that elevation that he's made all season. DeAndre Ayton has to be a dominant force. DeAndre Ayton has to try and get himself up to being a top four player in this series, a top two player, maybe even one night being the best player on the floor. That's the type of ability that he has. But I think this statement saying that we're relying too much on Chris <coughs> Paul is also kind of a whistle to to all of the Suns. And I think mm. that's what Monty Williams saying. Everybody else needs to step up. I can't just keep looking at Chris. Vince, what's your level of concern for the Suns right now? It is a level of concern as well, because I look at it like this. I agree with what RJ is saying. And you, the, the Pelicans have put the young guns, the defensive guys, and picked up Chris Paul full, full court, making him work, <laughs> trying to get into his legs a little bit. But here's the thing. We said when Chris Paul was out, can Devin Booker assist, facilitate, get guys going? We knew he was going to score because he got the scoring. He's their go-to guy. He's their scorer. Now that Devin Booker's out, where do you get the scoring from? Mm. You have your facilitator. You have your floor general. But who's going to pick up the scoring slack? My thing was the whole time is like while, while Devin Booker's in, they just need a campaign and those just to, to run the offense and just be consistent. But now you're talking about who's going to score. Yeah. You know, who are guys that you can put the ball and go get buckets? That's my concern for them. If they're not getting points, you're asking Chris Paul to now get past Alvarado, who's hawking you, Herb Jones, who's hawking you, and go score? 
You're asking a lot. Well, I know that, that Big Perk has a level of concern about the Suns right now, but what are you most impressed by? Because I want to make sure to give Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones, and CJ McCollum their flowers. Mm. What are you mm. most impressed by with this Pelicans? Well, well, I know, well, one, I said that Brandon Ingram with Devin Booker being out was going to be the best player in this city. Now he's the best player in this series, and he is. But you know what? We have to give a lot of credit to Willie Green because I keep saying the reflection of the way that this Pelican team is playing, the tenacity, is a reflection of their coach. And I'm watching on how mm -hmm. these guys are locked in defensively. We're seeing something out of Larry Nance that we haven't saw ever. He's locked in. He's sliding his feet. He's getting down. He's getting it out the mud. Jackson <clears throat> Hayes is coming in and providing minutes. When you see guys running from the, the paint to challenge three-point shots and blocking them, that's, that's buying into what Willie Green is preaching. Yeah. They're playing hard, and they have a level of confidence. And right now, with Devin Booker being out, the New Orleans Pelicans are the better basketball team. I want to dive in on the New Orleans Pelicans just a little bit more with Anscape's Mark Spears. So I want to bring him in because, first off, Mark has a piece coming out you do tomorrow on C.J. McCollum. Why did C.J. want to be in New Orleans when he was asked about the possibility of being dealt ahead of the trade deadline? Well, in recent years, we've seen Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, and Drew Holiday want to leave. That's certainly not the case for C.J. McCollum. He did a lot of research uh, before the trade. He liked the uh, he liked uh, Valenzuela's. He liked the young guys and knew he could be a mentor for Zion. And to Perk's point, he loved Willie Green. And he said when he came in that he wanted to be in New Orleans long term. Two and a half months later, last week, he doubled down on it, Malik. He said. I'm not going nowhere. Mm. I'm here. Where am I going to go? Leave for what? I want to retire here. He also told me he wants to have a Drew Brees kind of impact on and off the court for New Orleans. Well, if he wants to have a Drew Brees impact, that starts with <laughs> one championship. Mark Spears, thank you yep. so much. Everyone, make sure to check out that piece on Anscape dropping tomorrow. So moving now to another series that's knotted up at two apiece, the Mavs and the Jazz. Ooh-wee, the Mavs. They went into game four with a 2-1 series lead all while Luka was out. But with him back, they fell in game four in Utah. The Mitchell to Gobert connection was looking just fine in that one. The Jazz, they close out that one in style. Your final score there was 100 to 99. So how rare exactly was this connection? Well, it was Mitchell's only assist to Rudy in the game and his first on a game time or go-ahead shot by Gobert in the final minute of any game they played together. Also, according to Second Spectrum, Mitchell averaged fewer than three passes per game to Gobert this season. So no one knows these teams better than the man who is joining us next. For more on this series, we're joined now by NBA writer Tim McMahon. And Tim, like like I said, you are all over this, so let's just dive right in. We just looked at the numbers on how rare that end-of-game alley-oop was, right? But was it a play that galvanized this team or could moving forward? You know, that's certainly the hope, and I could see it. It was a storybook way for the Jazz, who felt like they were kind of on their last life going into that game, to pull out that win. And you heard Rudy Gobert after the game. I won't repeat exactly what he said, but essentially <laughs> uh, bleep the talk. And by the way, there are T-shirts being made with the exact phrase, uh, not by the Jazz, but by some fans. But his point is there's going to be noise about the team. There's been so much discussion about their relationship, the, you know, perhaps this core breaking up. Who knows what could happen this summer? And who cares about that? The Jazz feel like they have an opportunity right now. It's right there in front of them, and they want to seize it. Hey, it's tied 2-2. 
The Suns are obviously shaky. The, the West feels wide open. Anything can happen at this point. And that was absolutely the, the kind of moment that can bring a team together. Right. As for the Mavs, Luca, he returned in game four. He played 34 minutes and went 30 and 10. So how will the Mavs manage his usage tonight? Yeah, Luca's the kind of player that can tear an opponent apart, obviously. And they held him, they held him to 34 minutes last night, or uh, last game, rather. And what they did, they subbed him out midway through the first and third quarters. He usually plays that entire quarter. Now, it was after 13 days off. It was in the altitude of Utah. Obviously, that won't be a factor tonight at home. And Jason Kidd said they're going to see how it goes during his first stint. Um, but I would anticipate that his minutes would go up a little bit. And look. He didn't play as many minutes as he will in most playoff games, but Luka did look like Luka in his first game back. Potentially a little bit more Luka in Game 5 tonight at 9.30 Eastern. Tim McMahon, thank you so much. Still ahead on NBA Today, what a competitive series we've got between Memphis and Minnesota. So if the Dubs advance, would the Grizzlies or Wolves be tougher for them? And we've also got a couple of injuries that we need to update you on ahead of tonight's Toronto-Philly Game 5. One of the men you see here, they will not be playing. And... We have a live report from Brooklyn ahead of Celtics Nets game four. What can the Nets do to fight out of this 3-0 hole? NBA Today continues after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. You know how when you're watching a game, sometimes broadcasts, they will show a player that's mic'd up. I, I love those. I like to listen in. I love the ones that don't make air even more. So here are the best mic'd up moments from this weekend. We're calling it our Weekend Wired. So sound up, please. On a beautiful Saturday night in New York City, we get set for game three. Hey, we get a stop. I want you to run. Pass deflected by Brown. The steal drives inside, lays it up and in. A lot of time. No rise up three. Stolen by Jalen Brown. So Jalen Brown throws it down. And that will do it. Ah. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. A two for one opportunity. Oh. Edwards. Oh. To the rim. If I got the ball, I'm getting to the rim every time. They shoot the gap every time. Butler. Up for the big finish. Hey! Feels to me like we're we smell blood. Four on the floor for Steph. Make yourselves available. Bones. You talked about it. Butter. his own number. This is our game. Our game. Jokic on the roll kicks it out. Harden for three. The dagger. So here are the updated odds to win the titles. The Warriors, they're the favorite. That's according to Caesars Sportsbook. They're followed by the Celtics, the Suns, the Bucks, and the Heat. Oh, you see them Celtics on their heels. Well, Big Perk, mm -hmm. with all that said, should the Warriors be viewed as the favorites to win it all? No, no, <laughs> it should be the Celtics. Look, 
The Celtics have the best team in basketball. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember the last time we seen a defensive team like the Boston Celtics. They have length. They have athleticism. Just think about this. We're talking about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two of the most skilled guys to ever play the game, about to get swept. And you know why? It's because of the personnel that the Celtics have. The athleticism on the wing position. The interior defense with Al Horford, Daniel Tyson. Now they got Robert Williams back. Look, the Celtics are, should be the favorite to win it all. I'm standing on it. They my pick to win it all. Richard? They, they are close, but no, it, it's still the Golden State Warriors because this is one thing. This is one thing that you need to understand, Perk. Part of everybody's frustration and why the Celtics have been so dominant is, is also the type of basketball that, that the Brooklyn Nets are, are playing. They're playing a ton of one-on-one -on -one against a great defensive team, and those guys are stepping up to the plate. You go against the Golden State Warriors, and that ball is moving, and you got all four, you got all four of those guys moving the ball, popping the ball, shooting the ball, everybody playing a team version of basketball, that becomes exponentially harder to guard. So they'll still defend it better than everybody else. I'm not saying that the Celtics wouldn't defend it better than everybody else, but we can't sit here and say, look at what they're doing to the Brooklyn Nets, a team that has struggled all year long, they don't really play high-level defense, and we're going to base that and say it. The Warriors what? playing the Nuggets, bro. They the worst we, team. No, no, no. I'm, talk, I'm talking about the Boston. The, I'm, ta I'm talking about the Boston Celtics. We can't judge the Boston Celtics but, but purely could, off how they're dominating. But we, but we, could dominating. but we could judge the Golden State Warriors on but, how they dominating the yeah. worst team in the no, playoffs. No, but I'm saying that. No, I'm talking about the, their style of play, not who they're dominating. I'm talking about the style of play and how they contradict. Brooklyn plays a one-on-one -on -one, uh, one -on -one version, and the Celtics are locked in on that. And it doesn't matter how great of a one-on-one -on -one player you are, the Celtics are locked in. We've seen the Golden State Warriors dominate everybody with the great style of basketball, and that is movement. Richard. I'm not judging them based off of, off of how they're dominating the Denver Nuggets or how they're playing. I just think that the Golden State Warriors should be the title favorite. Richard Jefferson, the Boston yes. Celtics has been the best team since February. By Agreed. The way, okay, so they actually have the personnel to switch and guard Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. They have mm -hmm. the bodies to and do Jordan that. Pool. Okay, and that, Jordan yeah, Poole. And right, Jordan right, Poole right. to that. They, that, they also have the defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, who's, by yeah. the way, shutting Kyrie Irving down right now. Yes, one he on is. one With no mm -hmm. help. So I'm just trying to see. Boston's we, not going to beat Miami, bro. Boston, Boston won't beat Miami. Okay. Richard, what's your middle name? Why? It feels like that was a full name moment. It should be <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. Richard Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, I was like, why? Why do you want to know? <laughs> Who's asking? Why are you Vince, asking my government? Vince, please offer some sanity to this conversation. What do you think? No, nah, I, I mean, I, I, I think the best two teams are Golden State and Boston. I, I, I mean, my edge right now is Golden State, you know, but I, I like what Boston is doing as well. So, hey, I, I, I'm looking at a finals, Golden State and Boston hurt. Richard, they won't Dolores beat Miami. Jefferson, they won't you beat are Miami. outnumbered. They won't. I, I don't care if I'm outnumbered. I'm not in this to be popular. I'm not in this to be with the group. I don't think that they are better than Miami, even though the Boston <laughs> Celtics are amazing. That has no knock on them. And look, my opinion might change. It might change in a week. It might change in a day. But like right now, I think that the Golden State Warriors, when you talk about offense, defense, the way Jordan Poole is playing, the way Clay is getting going, well, Steph is still not, because Steph is still not even playing. I think like he's not even starting yet. So they don't even so, have their, we haven't seen right. so much stuff from them. 
them yet. They're just so, so much more to see. That he's not even starting yet. It's not about no. Who's starting, I'm just saying he, they're finished. not even playing their best version of basketball yet. They're playing good, but they're not playing their best version. I think they will be playing their best version of well, their game well, in guess, another couple well, weeks because Draymond just got back, and then Steph was then Steph was oh, out. Um, now Steph is back, and they're still going out well, there and playing well, guess, a high level version of well, ball. Well, guess who's playing probably who's the playing? best who's basketball. Playing? In the world the right now, the Celtics are no, balling. Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, and the Boston Celtics. Yes. Okay, yeah, Vince, Celtics so why are you straddling the fence? Yeah, but we, I, like, I'm I not said, picking championships after you're dominating State. six seeds. Ha, six I and, we're talking out. about two teams that are playing against the six and seven seeds. Like, come on, bro. Okay. Nah. Richard Allen Jefferson, enough. Coming off a lackluster outing in the Minnesota Timberwolves Game 3 loss, Carl Anthony Towns responded with a prolific performance in Minnesota's 119-118 win over the Memphis Grizzlies in Game 4 on Saturday night. The best-of-seven series is now deadlocked at 2. Towns' monster stat line in this one was 33-14, and 14, joining KG as the only Timberwolf to have a 30-10 playoff game. So, I want to start with you, Vince. Assuming the Warriors go on to win this series versus Denver, right? Which of these two teams in the Grizz and the Wolves would pose a tougher matchup for the Dubs? I've been going back and forth with this, but I'm going to say the Grizzlies. I'm going to keep this plain and simple. The Grizzlies are playing great basketball, very confident, and they've played well against some of the best teams in the league. So they're going to look for that challenge and accept it and invite it with open arms. You know, I'm standing on I'm standing on the dark side. I'm going with the with, with the Memphis Grizzlies. Rich, man, neither neither of these teams, neither of these. I'm not saying they wouldn't win some games against the Warriors, but neither of these teams. If you watch these games, and I have been very fortunate to call them, and you watch the mistakes that are made consistently by both teams. Foul trouble by both teams, bad turnovers, bad plays, just not the highest level of basketball IQ that we have seen. So what I am saying is that what I have seen from both of these teams and sitting courtside and watching both games, I am telling you right now that both teams have a lot of work to do before. I my pick is neither. No, 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 I don't. Neither of them. Neither of them. I don't have to pick one. Neither of them. Here's the problem that I have with you. Minnesota, Minnesota, and Memphis are way better than the Nuggets, okay? So, Golden State oh, hasn't no, no, been no, no, challenged no. yet. We're not going back Golden down. State hasn't been challenged yet. We, so, <laughs> we go discredit we go discredit the defense that Minnesota and the Memphis Grizzlies have been playing? How they on been, each other? Are they been playing on each other? When you watch it, there's some good defense and there's some bad basketball. There is some bad basketball being played. Well, you know who's been playing Not some good basketball? Not the whole time, but just sometimes. What? Good basketball? Who, Malika? I'm listening. Who? Joel Embiid. He played yeah. through pain of his thumb injury last game, but it didn't result in a win. Ramona <laughs> Shelburne on how Embiid is powering through the injury when we return. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NBA Today. So as mentioned earlier in the show, the Raptors, they're on the brink of elimination tonight in Philadelphia where they will be without all-star Fred Van Vliet. Van Vliet declared himself out during shoot-around earlier today. He said, you can stop holding your breath. 
I'm out tonight. I was able to get an MRI, nothing too major, but definitely showing just a hip flexor strain. So the Sixers, they're going to be playing with all-star Joel Embiid, but he is definitely hampered as well. Woj reported that the MVP candidate will have surgery to fix a ligament tear in his right thumb after the Sixers season ends. So for more on this injury, let's bring in our senior writer, Ramona Shelburne. So for those at home who don't know, Ramona is the expert on all things Joel Embiid. Ramona, I know you've been covering this extremely closely, right down to exactly where on his thumb Joel suffered the injury. So where is it? How is it affecting him? Yeah, so this is what's called a grip injury, right? It's like when you grip the basketball, and he, he was kind of right, right around in here, and it sort of like takes your, it's around the UCL area, mm. and it takes your hand. So he said he was testing it out, and when he would pull on it, it would go further than it's supposed to go, <laughs> right? When you compare it to the other thumb, it would go further than it's supposed to go. So it, real, it mostly affects him when he's rebounding, when he's shooting free throws. Obviously, it could have some effect on when he's shooting because it's on his shooting hand. Um, but it's a grip injury, and so he thinks he can play through it. And Malika, you know, the, when this happened to him, he didn't really know when it happened. It was some point during the first half. He played the whole second half in that game three, hit the game-winning shot in, in that game. But that's adrenaline. Afterwards, it was sore. And you know, they examined him afterwards and told him, you know, we think it's torn. He did not even want to have an MRI. He was just like, it, it is what it is. I'm playing through it. I can't make it worse. This is not, it, this is not what's going to take me out. And it's that sort of idea of he's had a lot of injuries over the years. He doesn't like getting MRIs. Nobody does. He's seven feet tall. You got to get an MRI tube. Nobody wants to do that. But it is what it is. He, he knows he probably has to have surgery on this afterwards. But he thinks, along with the Sixers medical staff, they have a plan for how to manage this pain level which is going to bother him the whole rest of the playoffs. Well, for right now, though, he is playing through it. We will continue to monitor this closely, yep. and we will have you helping us every step of the way. Ramona Shelburne, thank you so much. <laughs> I want to go from one Eastern series to another. The Miami Heat, they're up three games to one following a 110-86 pounding of the Hawks in Atlanta. Jimmy Butler delivered 13 of his 36 points, while Miami outscored the Hawks 30-15 to in the second quarter, took a 14-point lead. Butler also had 10 rebounds, four assists, and a block. So he's doing a little bit of everything here. I want to bring in Richard and Perk. Richard, starting with you, who would have the advantage in a 76ers Heat series if the two meet next round? Uh, it's the Miami Heat. I, I think the Miami Heat uh, are, are playing some very, very good basketball. It's gritty basketball. It's tough. I know the Boston Celtics are the best defensive team, but this team is pretty, pretty good also. And so when I look at the Philadelphia 76ers and you look at what Bam can do uh, uh, against Joel Embiid, really not guarding him one-on-one -on because -one, nobody can guard him one-on-one, -on -one, but you can limit your help. And I think the versatility and the depth that the, that the Heat bring, plus that intensity on the defensive end, uh, I'm going with the Heat. Plus right now, I mean, they have some health, but Kyle Lowry is still a question mark. Perk, who do you got? You know what? I get a slight edge to the Philadelphia 76ers hmm. because – you know, the emergence of Tyrese Maxey. I saw late in that overtime game in game three when James Harden fouled out, it went two-man game with Joel and B and Tyrese Maxey, which showed me growth. And this, guy, this kid is ready for the moment. Look, let's not dismiss a guy like Danny Green, a three-time champion who also has been stepping up, who also knows the assignment, who knows his defensive rotation, who knows how to play winning basketball. Tobias Harris has elevated his game. We was all wondering during the regular season, was he going to step it up? I think this series goes seven games. Right now, I get a slight edge 
to the Philadelphia 76ers because I strongly believe in this series still, even with a torn ligament in his thumb, Joel Embiid is still going to be the best player on the floor. Well, if it comes to fruition, and again, we're still a couple of wins away, Philadelphia has to take care of the Raptors, and Miami has to take care of the Hawks. But if it comes to fruition, it could be fun. All right, after the break, though, we're sticking in the East. We have some breaking news coming out of Brooklyn. Adrian Wojnarowski is going to join us with news on Ben Simmons. Stay tuned. We have breaking news out of Brooklyn. Ben Simmons, we know, is out tonight for game four. The Brooklyn Nets are officially listing it as return to competition slash back soreness. But for more on this development, <laughs> we are bringing in Adrian Wojnarowski, our senior NBA insider. Woj, what more can you tell us? Uh, Malika, uh, Rich, Rich Paul, the CEO at Clutch Sports, Ben, ben Simmons' agent, uh, met along with Ben Simmons, with Sean Marks, the Nets GM, their leadership in Brooklyn today to talk through what they all needed to do together to continue to work on a plan to get Ben Simmons back on the court in Brooklyn. And what came out of that meeting very clearly to both sides was as much as the physical return for Ben Simmons is still the mental return. And uh, the sense very much today was, you know, he needed more support he needed more help to get there and that listen i brooklyn believes they've seen ben simmons put in the work in both those areas both physical and mental since he got to the nets uh in their trade they saw him ramp up the last couple weeks until sunday when they thought that you know he was going to be on the cusp of playing monday night in brooklyn that had been ben simmons's plan to play tonight that had been the nets playing with him mm. And I think their, their understanding right now is going to require not just more work on the lower back, but there is still a mental health part in this equation that the Nets and Rich Paul, Ben Simmons, have to continue to work through together. He's got three years left on his contract. Uh, certainly, there's still a long play involved with Ben Simmons. They're not ruling him out of this season. We'll see if the Nets... The Nets may rule themselves out of the season if they lose tonight against the Celtics. But I think there was a good conversation today and, and a sense that there's more work that needs to be done. But the one thing that I know both sides got out of that today was that Ben Simmons reiterated to the Nets, he wants to play basketball. He wants to play for this team. He needs more help getting there. That's such a crucial part of your reporting that I'm reading right now. The Nets believe Simmons has been addressing both mental and physical areas in recent months and recognize there's more work to do. Woj, thank you so much for joining us. All right, I want to bring in Kendrick Perkins to this conversation. What do you think of what we just heard from Adrian Wojnarowski and his reporting? I don't think, Malik, I told you that before. Look, here's the thing. I'm tired of Ben Simmons talking about what he's going to do and how he's going to address the situation, including Rich Paul coming to his defense. And I understand that Rich Paul is his agent. That's what he's supposed to do. But I want to see it. And I think the world want to see it. Like, we want to see you on the floor. We want to see you doing what you're supposed to do and living up to the to the name that you created for yourself. And that's a, a, a defensive player of the year candidate, a guy that's a special talent at the point guard, forward slash point guard position, whatever you want to call it. But I don't want to hear no more about what Ben Simmons is saying in meetings. Like, 
it's time for you to show us. Like, we're tired of hearing what you're saying, and we're, he, we're getting better in this area. We're cleaning up this area. How long is it going to take you to clean your house? Well, <laughs> if you had a big broom like you had, maybe it would be a little bit faster. Much more reporting from our Adrian Wojnarowski is on ESPN.com. No All right, still to come, though, on NBA Today, your Rookie of the Year Award winner is Scotty Barnes. So we'll mm -hmm. discuss how the Raptors young star eked out Evan Mobley when we're back in 60 seconds. NBA Today is presented by PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference. Come on over here. We got, we got a big clip here. Yo, Scott A. Scotty Barnes, what's up, man? It's Vince Carter here. I just want to say I truly enjoyed watching you play this year. It takes me back to when I was a rookie and I was able to win the 1998 Rookie of the Year Award trophy. Did you know it's only been three Raptors players in franchise history to win this award? David Stoudemire. Me and a six foot seven rookie from West Palm Beach, Florida, my fellow Florida boy. Hey, look, we have the presenter here himself. How long did it take you to write that speech? Be honest. <laughs> Be honest. Hey, it, not long. I had an idea when they called me and said, hey, we want you to do this. I, I was a cool moment and I wanted it to be a surprise. And, and you never know how it's going to translate or go over until you actually see the finished product and see their reaction. And what did it for me was his reaction to it. It's kind of like said his name, said his height, and he's like, yeah, that's me. So it was just pretty cool to, uh, yeah. to, to be a part of this moment We're and to kind of relive it for me. We're no, that, that, that's a special Thank moment. You, and it, it's it. special I, it, for him. I mean, Scotty got 48 first place votes. Evan Mobley got 43. Hey, Vince Carter, thanks so much for hanging with us on NBA Today. Real quick, though, Perk, Absolutely. I think we got to do a little bit of top of the top that's so, powered by Quinn. So we're going to do that with rookie plays of the year. Let's see a couple of them. Let's see how this works. All right, here's where we're going to start that. We're going to start with rookie dunks. Ooh, I oh. got a feeling that Jalen Green oh. was going to be in there. Yes, indeed. Ferocious. The and this is this is one of many that he had this season. Mm. The Rockets fans should be jumping for joy. Well, how about this one, though? Look, Make way for the rookie of the year. It's only four players that could do this in the NBA. Scotty Bournes. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, and LeBron James. Look how fast he and how far he pulled Two back dribbles. on that one. I mean, Two incredible. All right, top rookie rejection. I mean, let's just get out of the way for Evan Mobley. Beyond special, the way that he's able to cover ground and protect the paint. Look at that. And look, he look. snatched his wig right off of his head. My goodness. Oh yeah, he did. I didn't know Zach Levine had a wig, but no. look, you know the great thing it's about this. Her. The great thing about this, Malik, is that. He was able to keep the ball in play. That's the, so special about his block. Just to be clear, he doesn't have a wig, but his hairline yeah. is crispy. All right, rookie step back. Let's take a look. Cade Cunningham here. Oh, oh when up. you do that to the reigning MVP and you leave the reigning MVP going, excuse me, you know that that was filthy. Let's Detroit see it one more time. Basketball, look, this kid is so special. He has the confidence. He could play. I mean, he does it all, really, but uh the snatch pack. You Trade know ball. how difficult that is to do to Nikola Jokic? Hey, Perk. Oh, Jokic. What game are you looking forward to most tonight? Uh, you know what? I'm looking forward to all of them. Celtics. <laughs> okay, all of them. All right, Janae, get the broom out potentially. We'll see you tomorrow. NFL Live is coming.